art is to console those who are broken by life. Vincent van Gogh Hello and welcome to The Mirror. I'm Justin Reed, and this week I'm coming to you from a little slice of paradise. I'm on the Gold Coast, which is in southern Queensland of Australia, and uh, I'm seeing some family uh, as well as uh, I had a few things to to do. I came down this way to uh, pick up something, and uh, I decided to take a week and come in and visit um my aunt and uncle and their their kids and my grandma who I don't really get to see too much because it's always just that little bit out of the way. But um, yeah, I uh, I saw them the end of last year and I kind of made a bit of a pact with myself that I wanted to come and see them a bit more and I knew that I was going to be heading down this way again. So I, you know, I made that time and I and I made some space to come and see them and it's honestly it's just been pretty magnificent. Um just being around them and also just having this sort of little bit of time off to I guess yeah just um take stock of things and be in a nice place and kind of you know reflect on things outside of your normal uh, normal environment and um I guess this week I wanted to talk about sort of why why be an artist you know uh, uh, trying to come up with a name for this I'm not sure exactly what I'll call it, but it's something along the lines of like, why be an artist or why create art or even like, what is, what is the point of art? And initially I was going to do an episode about the, the sort of the gallery experience, which, uh, I, I went last week when I first arrived down here, I went to the Queensland art gallery in the gallery of modern art and checked out all the different, uh, exhibitions they had there. And they had this like really amazing, sort of retrospect, uh, retrospective of Australian art from the times of like, you know, the 1800s when the, um, the settler colonialist uh, times were happening. So you can see this sort of history of very classical, um, very straightforward types of art, which I didn't really know there was a sort of a deep lineage of that here, as well as, you know, sort of traditional owners of the land and indigenous art forms um, and some really interesting modern art, some video installations, like all these different things that, you know, I've come to accept from the European art world and the American art world. But honestly, uh, probably it's the, the ignorance of having these things happen in your own backyard. Um, I just had no bearing for that. And it was, yeah, really, really exciting to experience that and to just walk around such an amazing gallery as uh, Quagoma is. Uh, it is it is such a such a beautiful space. It's so large, and um, the the kinds of art that they can really hold there, um, it, it very impressed me, and it it just filled me with this like creative spirit. That um, not to say I haven't been creative lately, but just like it, it it was just such a different experience than what I'd been you know, doing, watching a lot of movies at home, um, you know, going to the cinema, but it's, it's different. It it just is different. And, and I think I will talk about that a little bit more in a future episode. Like I've done some writing about it. I've pretty much got a, an outline to talk about it right there. But the funny thing about this project, and I, I've definitely talked about it before is that I'll often spend a lot of time on a certain topic or a certain, um, just a, a certain thing that's really, really uh, just stuck in my mind and I really need to get something out about it and I will <laughs> write like five, six, ten pages in my journal just like pretty much outlining a script of, of what I would talk about and what I, what I would say. And then um, as I'm sort of starting to feel like, okay, maybe it's time to, you know, record a new episode. Maybe there's something in particular that I want to talk about something else often just comes up out of nowhere. I will scribble a few sentences and then I'll just record that. Like it's, it's so funny that you can just have these sort of best laid plans. And then not, not to say that, um, I throw away these things, but 
it's it's almost like I'm just at the whims of my muse, uh, whatever whatever form that takes, and it just changes from day to day, to, from moment to moment. And I think that's a really beautiful thing because, I mean, it keeps me on my toes. It keeps me sort of wondering like where um, and what form my ideas will take shape. And um, yeah, it's it's just uh, really exciting. And before I get too far into today's episode as well, I just want to say I'm sitting on the back veranda downstairs um, at my family's house and I'm just kind of looking over a bit of a lake in the distance and there's palm trees around and I'm in the shade and there's a beautiful breeze and there's birds around. So you'll probably hear some some noise and I and I hope similar to the uh, the rainy episodes that I did early in the piece that... It will just add a little bit of a uh, little bit more atmosphere to the recording. I mean, I choose these things, you know, like I could go and record inside, but it's it's such a nice day. I just want to be outside. And I, I spoke about how I wanted to yeah, do some some outdoors recording and already like I just feel so relaxed. <laughs> like this is just the perfect thing to do. I think I didn't realize how much of an impact recording a podcast outside would have. And also, I think this is the first episode that I'm recording um, outside of my house. So, oh, well, I recorded um, episode seven with my friends, Jaden and Eric. So that was outside of the house, but that was in a very familiar place. It was up my friend's house where I used to live. So it was, um, yeah, somewhere that I knew quite well, whereas it, it feels like here I'm in sort of a, you know, it's a comfortable place, but it's a it's a it's a space for me to explore it's a it's a space that i haven't lived in for a long time and i think that freshness and rejuvenation is really like uh drawing me to want to create more and and i mean since i've been here i've had some um, interesting brainwaves about some film projects i've uh been expanding upon what this this project here could be and just rethinking things a lot as well as you know, having my family to talk to and, and realize a lot of these sort of patterns about my way of thinking and, and seeing that like, okay, my family think the same. And there's a, a lot of like interesting similarities there that um, I haven't had, to, I haven't been able to uh, explore over the past few years because we've, you know, lived so far away from each other. And now we get to explore that together. That's, that's really exciting as well. But yes, uh, enough sort of self-indulgence, uh, self-indulgence about what I've been um, up to. But I, I just, I was just walking around outside before, and it just hit me like I, I, I didn't realize I had been thinking about this. But I guess I'd been trying to work up in my mind like why exactly I am an artist, and or, or why I feel like that's the the sort of I don't know, lifestyle path or career path or whatever you want to call it, however it sort of manifests itself, um, why I actually feel so strongly about pursuing it to the point where I, you know, talk into a microphone about it for hours at a time. And um, I was talking to a friend of mine, Nathan, the other day. We caught up and we often have these really long, in-depth conversations that range through, you know, philosophy, art, uh, psychology, just uh, music, pop culture, like whatever is sort of going on in our lives and our world, we sort of look at that through an interesting philosophical lens. And he he's great because he often um, what I what I love about him is that he is really working things out for himself. And I feel like I'm in the same boat, and that often means that we're working things out, and we feel quite strongly about the things that we're figuring out because we're going through that sort of, you know, um, critical process of self-understanding and, and questioning the world around you. And we come to different conclusions, often very similar. And a lot of things we, we sort of land on the same page with, but, um, we had a really great conversation the other day where we kind of just like had a, had a disagreement and it was, I don't know, it was like a beautiful thing because it was just this one little part of things that we just sort of thought was a different outcome and it was the first time that I can remember sort of having those conversations with someone like really intense conversations and having a difference of opinion and just being like so respectful and so um so accepting and and just so like willing to engage with each other's ideas but also not just like completely willing to throw away what your beliefs are and it was just such like an amazing thing I was like I just have a lot of respect for Nathan and 
um, that, that conversation. And, and we kind of were talking about this very topic, like sort of like, what do you even classify as art? And like, what, um, what even is art in this day and age? And I think I have made a pretty good case so far in this project as to what I kind of feel about art and, and what I think the role of art has in our society, as well as what art actually looks and feels like from an experiential point of view, um, from a, you know, creation point of view and how that sort of, how those modes of production sort of fit into the culture that we have. And I guess a lot of that conversation has been around, uh, the way that, um, a lot of the media, which is probably the best word for it, that, that we interact with on a daily basis, especially if we're talking about, you know, sort of mainstream um, media aggregation uh, platforms like YouTube, like Instagram, like Facebook. Um, I wouldn't classify necessarily, uh, I wouldn't necessarily classify most of what is being produced on those platforms as art because of the the shape that it takes and because of the role that it that it takes in our society as well that it is not something to be pondered it is not something to engage with uh with the very core of your being to sort of um grapple with uh complex things to sort of think about uh you know the way ideas and abstractions are uh, uh, represented in our society but rather that they are cultural products made to be consumed and and not digested but rather just chewed and spat out like uh, chewing tobacco so you know that's that's where I'm coming at this from but I don't necessarily think again that I need to sort of spell out like this is the Webster's dictionary definition of art but rather uh, like this is sort of like a a open um, an open realm of description of what art I think can be should be and and what it may or may not look like and then from that i guess people will you know extrapolate in their own directions they will go okay i really want to make films but not all films are the same you know film can be anything from a 90 minute hollywood blockbuster which is very straightforward and and uh things are very conventional or it can be you know a seven hour hungarian film where shots go on for 15 minutes and not very much happens. And then again, it can be some kind of video art installation where there is actually nothing that we recognize in terms of narrative or in terms of like place or, or people or character or story or anything like that. It, it may just be a barrage of, of imagery that you um, sit with and, and over time things start to unfold and uh, make sense to you or not make sense to you. And, and that that is also a really important part of art as well. And I think that's why, you know, filmmakers like David Lynch, I think are very attractive to me and to a lot of people is because he believes that, you know, film shouldn't necessarily be easy to digest. It shouldn't necessarily make sense all the time. And there shouldn't just be one sort of concrete answer. Like it's up to you to really use your, your, your mind and your subconscious to develop the meaning of it and, and, and go based on feeling as opposed to intellectualizing everything and needing to have everything completely spelled out for you. So with, with all that sort of swirling around, I was just sort of, you know, walking around in the backyard and, you know, hearing the birds and feeling the breeze and feeling quite um, content and happy. I'd been doing some commercials earlier today that I'm sort of finishing up for my uh, final client work. And uh, I, I was surprised that I was getting a fair bit done today. And I'm at a point now where I can really sort of separate um, my art, you know, my actual creative practice from these uh, commercials that I film. Not to say there is not some, you know, artistic qualities to them, I would say. Like I've always said, I, I can create a nice aesthetic. I can you know, sort of craft a commercial quite well, but I, I, I'm quite detached emotionally. And um, I'm incredibly happy about that, which just just that ability to be able to make these things and not have to feel like they they weigh me down because, um, because I want to be creative and they're not creative outlets. But now that I'm developing these creative outlets, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And um, 
Yeah, so long story short, I was walking around in the backyard and I was just, it just struck me that like I was thinking like, why do I create art? Because that's what Nathan sort of said the other day is like, is the point of like, like it comes back to your intentions. Like what is the point of making art? Are you making art because you feel like you should make art or is there like truly something within that is coming out and something to say? And I guess I didn't have an answer for it straight away. And my gut told me that I wasn't just making art because I felt like I should. Um, because historically, I guess, art and, and firstly music was the the sort of first outlet of any kind, any kind of expression or understanding where I felt like I was able to communicate a feeling. I was able to understand something better than I had in any other way. And naturally, I'm quite a deep thinker. I think that's probably outlined pretty well in this project. But despite my, you know, intellectual interests and my, uh, my ways of intellectualizing things, um, feeling for me really is the most important way that I understand things. And I guess what I've come to understand over time is that I've, you know, I've often felt, um, a lot of alienation from people around me, even people that I know really well, I've often felt quite misunderstood. And I think it's because it's about, it's about the way that we communicate and it's about the way that we actually express ourselves. And I think that art is often for some people, and I would include myself in that, a better way to actually communicate than using um, spoken language, than using uh, the written word sometimes. You know, uh, sometimes it's a combination of all of these things, especially if you're talking about cinema, which has elements of visual, of audio, of the written word, of the spoken word. Um, you know, depending on the direction you take it. But I guess what I felt like and what I realized as I was walking around is that language, it can be incredibly imprecise. And that language, the way that we speak to each other can sort of only go so far. And sometimes to really, oh, for me, a lot of the time to really um, expand upon a feeling, to really express the way that you feel, it needs to come in another format. And often that can be quite challenging or quite daunting for people if it doesn't take a form that they recognize. So for instance, I mentioned David Lynch before and his his work has that effect on people where for some it is incredibly potent and powerful and they they love what he does and they love the way that he approaches film and art in a way that allows the the audience to actually derive their own meaning to sort of take it where they need it to go or where they feel like it is going. But for other people, they can't stand that he doesn't give them the answers. They can't stand that he presents you with uh, a two and a half hour film. And by the end of it, you have way more questions than answers. And as time goes on, it becomes incredibly more, um, uh, not complicated, but just like it from an emotional level, you just kind of don't know what's happening because there's so many different things going on. And I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you what I think his work means. And I'm not going to sit here and say like, this is what I feel about it, but rather that I think that that approach is very important for him. And that's the way that he understands how to make art. And that really resonates with me because that's what kind of where I'm at is like, I've struggled so much. And even with the commercials, like one of the things that I struggled with the most throughout my, my time creating them is having to literally show things, like having to kind of say like um, within a 15 or a 30 second commercial, kind of show the process of someone walking into a store, talking to the salesperson, happily chatting about a product, purchasing something and then leaving the store. Like that is incredibly for me, like just incredibly not only dull, but it's something I struggle with because I don't, I don't necessarily feel like the best way to tell a story is in this incredibly linear way, you know, that, or, or that it should be just like a random collage of imagery. Like things will always take a different form. And as I am discovering that, you know, the history of cinema, as I am experiencing different kinds of work, like, you know, the visual artist, video artist, uh, Stan Brackage and like his amazing work, I'm beginning to understand especially now that, wow, there are so many ways that you can use this medium of film. There are so many goddamn ways and it does not have to be a script. It does not have to be 
you don't have to write anything if you don't want to. You can exclusively work with the visual medium. medium. You can have audio with it. You can have dialogue. You can have characters or you can not. There are so many ways to do it. And that's like incredibly um, enlightening and refreshing for me because living in that commercial world, everything has to be explained to some degree. Like sure, over time things have developed with a bit more sort of ambiguity and like emotional storytelling as there has been sort of like the artist world has kind of like the, like the commercial world has kind of uh, taken over the artist world. And, and I was thinking about how tragic this is the other day that I know that there are some commercial, t- like commercial budgets for like a 30 second TV commercial in the millions. And David Lynch can't even get funding to make a movie, an entire movie that goes for less time than the commercial. And I've just thought, and I just thought, like, where the fuck did we go wrong? Like, where, how did we end up at this point? And I mean, it's a, it's financial incentive at the end of the day. That, that's that, and we've, we've talked about it, and I'm sure we'll continue to uh, discuss these things even further. But I, I like this idea. Of, well, I, I love this possibility of being able to approach a feeling and and uh, and stories and ideas within myself without having to necessarily give up the game and say like this is this is what it means through like this very straightforward visual so yeah there's so there's so much power to be able to experiment and to really just create art however you feel it needs to be created and i think for me it is the ultimate form of communication in a way that the spoken word is often not and and especially in a way that like things like social media are not as well like it's even more imprecise like who decided that every single thing that we communicate has to be communicated within 15 seconds of a of an instagram story or, or a one minute video like who decided that that's enough to communicate how you really feel so i feel like part of me getting offline is to make sure that like I'm never misunderstood in that way again. Like, of course, people are going to misunderstand. Of course, people will interpret your work in different ways. But I more mean that I'm, I won't be misunderstood by myself or by other people in the context of like communicating in the wrong way. And that's really what I feel one of my biggest issues with social media is and, and, and why that I can't just go and make, you know, YouTube content uh, or Instagram content in the way that the sort of the culture wants you to or has been decided that that way it, that's the way it is because I would be shooting myself in my in the foot I would be um you know I would be really just limiting my ability to communicate things but the commercial world tells you that it's all about um, time your customer only has so much time and you need to communicate yourself within 15 seconds or less and I'm like, well, I'm not a business. I'm not trying to communicate to the customer. I'm trying to create an artistic experience that, that makes sense to me and then share that with people and maybe they take something from it, maybe they don't. I don't particularly care either way, but as long as I feel like that I can express myself in the way that makes sense to me because I can't in everyday life, I run up against roadblocks with, with the English language and I run up against roadblocks with... Um, like the online space, you know, I mean, I guess like this podcast is an attempt at trying to work these things out more than anything, like work out my ideas and, and articulate them, not in a super clear way, but just more like a, a Jackson Pollock painting, just throwing paint at the canvas until it feels like it's done, if that makes sense. So the podcasts are uh, my uh, audio version of that, really. And there, there is some structure behind them. They're not completely random in, in the way that I'm sure Jackson Pollock's artworks are as well. I mean, you could say, what the hell is this? It's just some splashes of paint. Anyone could do that. But I'm sure for him, there is a very particular method that he follows, that there is a feeling that he is following. There is a reason he took it in that direction, just to use him as an example. So yeah, so like part of, part of me getting offline is to make sure that I'm not misunderstood by myself or others and also that like if someone wants to know how I feel about something they're not going to misinterpret or they're not going to get the wrong idea just purely based off um this weird uh like sort of 
media mediated but distant relationship we have where we see people's content online and then they see ours and in our mind we tell ourselves that we had a conversation even though that is not true we didn't have a conversation they don't really know how i'm feeling i don't really know how they're feeling there is an incentive to kind of wear some kind of mask so if they really want to feel if people really want to know how i feel well they're either going to listen to this um, they're going to have to come and talk to me because I don't value that kind of impersonal communication. If we're going to communicate, like let's actually talk or let's not. I'm, I'm just like, that's how it is. You know, I, I'm not interested in kind of talking around an issue or, or misunderstanding each other. Um, or, or they will have to actually engage with my actual artwork, which will take whatever form, whatever kind of abstraction that I feel that it needs to. You know, my, my ideas and beliefs will be engaged with in the forms of expression that they need to be and not mediated by some external platform or, or diminished or weakened because of that. I, I, that's where I feel like, you know, for me, art, again, like that's, that's the purpose of art for me is to feel like for whatever reason, I, I, I can't tell you why. I think like everyone in some, in some way wants to be understood, to be heard, to be, validated to some extent but art necessarily uh, art is not necessarily um, something that will give you all of those things especially not if you are presenting it in a form that is not necessarily something to be quote-unquote liked or um, you know enjoyed or to be entertained by if if you're like like David Lynch again if you're creating work that uh, is alienating to people then that's probably not going to I mean, it might, it, it, it may not validate you. It may not make you feel that way, but that's not the purpose of his work. That's, that's the way that commercials work. That's the way that, you know, very commercialized online content works, but it's not the way that art necessarily works. And that's an incredibly attractive proposition to me because I mean, I don't know if I've talked about it on this project, but I really didn't feel like I had any kind of grasp of my place in this world or um, really felt like I could be understood or was able to express myself until I found music when I was 14 years old. And a friend of mine, I went over his house and we would have these sleepovers, there'd be a few of us and they'd play video games and I wouldn't really play because I wasn't really that into games, but I just loved hanging out. And his brother had put all this all his like favorite music on his computer, his older brother. And he showed me the song Fade to Black by Metallica. And he showed me the song One by Metallica and a few other things. And the first time we did this, the next day we had a, a swimming carnival. So we were all, we all stayed up late and drank Coke and like <laughs> just played video games as 14 year olds and then went to the swimming carnival the next day. But the whole time I just couldn't stop thinking about, about this music that I'd heard this, like I'd heard plenty of music before. I'd probably even heard like a few Metallica songs before, but there was just something about this moment when I just didn't realize it, but I was like quite like depressed as a teenager. I was quite just in the wild and, and didn't feel like there was sort of anything coming for me. There wasn't anything that I was particularly interested in. I mean, I liked, I liked riding bikes. I liked, um, collecting little, miniatures I liked I, I, I liked writing a lot I made all these lists and I would do all these um, come up with all these different ideas but there was sort of never one thing that it felt like this would be how I would spend my life and I, I think that's probably a good age to discover these things because you're really coming into your own you're a little bit into high school at that point so you're starting to sort of eke out some semblance of like what what your life could look like or what like life in the adult world actually looks like so it was kind of the perfect time and from there I just went down this rabbit hole of discovering music and I would just listen to Metallica over and over again like luckily my my uncle actually left all his music on our computer and I'd never really gone through it before but every Metallica song uh, Megadeth songs the band System of a Down Red Hot Chili Peppers like all these bands that I just spent the next three or four years just every waking moment like any moment that I had free was spent listening to music that's all I wanted to do was just listen to music and experience that and the way it made me feel the way it made me feel like you know 
some of the stories in these songs are quite out there. They're like, you know, about going to war, about um, being locked in a sanitarium, about being addicted to drugs. And I'd had none of those experiences in my life, but the aggression of the music, the feeling of it, the, the melody as well, like the way, the way that it, the way that it just hit me, that's what really stuck with me. And that's what made me feel like, okay, this is something that lights my soul on fire. You know, this is something that, this is something that, that makes me feel alive in a way that I hadn't before. And you might be thinking like, why is a 14 year old having such an existential crisis? I don't know. I don't know if it's just me or, or others have this same experience, but for whatever reason, it was, um, yeah, it was an incredibly influential time in my life. And that really just sort of set the tone going forward because, you know, all of my family members, including my mom, um, like my, my dad, my uncles, my, my grandparents, like they all had trades. They, they all went and did some kind of like a manual, uh, job, whether it was cabinet making, whether it was painting, whether it was becoming a mechanic, Um, and to me, like, you know, being in a a sort of working class family, like that, that kind of felt like the ceiling of aspiration, if that made sense. Not that anyone had ever told me this is what you've got to do, or this is what you should do. But at this time, like we're talking probably 2009, I would think, um, which is not a whole lot long ago, but it was definitely pre like the internet becoming what it is now, like really taking over our lives pre-smartphone you know um it felt like that was kind of like the extent of you know you're a boy you get a trade you're a girl you work in an office or something like I, again like it's not like these were explicitly said to me it just felt like that's where the culture was sort of guiding you and i just didn't really like any of those things like over time it's really funny because i've developed an interest in in woodworking and i really want to uh delve further into that and and become more skilled at it but at the time all they cared about was music and i'm glad that my parents sort of said to me like we went and did these things that we were interested in but we kind of felt like that was our our option that we would go and get a trade like i said like that was the path laid out for you but they said to me like go and do whatever you want i don't care what you do i don't care if you make money as long as you're happy and um, I took that on board. Like when I when I applied for university, I put my first preference was a Bachelor of New Media Arts, which is a sounds exactly like what it is. It's kind of just a jumble of all different things. And I decided, okay, well, I want to be a musician, but I think the money would be in like music recording, and that sounds really interesting, the technology side of things. So I went and studied that. And without going too far into it, like I don't want to sort of give you a play by play of my entire life, but, um, it was really interesting because on the one hand, uh, some of the teachers there sort of didn't really know what they were doing. Um, I remember in my like second week of uni, uh, I hadn't used this software before and the tutor hadn't either. And the tutor was like, does anyone know how to do this thing? And I was like, oh yeah, you just do this. And I'd like figured it out. It's like, you know, I'm being taught by people who I know more than in the realm of this one specific thing it's like such a strange thing so but I, I'm glad that I I'd kind of been really keen on it because over those years the three and a bit years I was at uni like I I spent a lot of time making like electronic music and learning a lot about that stuff and towards the end of my time there um, my interest had sort of not really started to wane but I really got interested by other things so I, I took on some photography classes um I started messing around with graphic design. I, I uh, worked in worked with some like little bits of animation and started to pick up some some video, some like abstract ideas of video. And it was such like a great experience. Like I was talking to my friend Chun the other day, and he said to me, "I don't regret going to uni just because it was like such a good experience about being able to sort of have that freedom to, you know, chart your own course and to have a place where you can go where you can just." work on creative things and you can go there whenever you want because we could go to the the media labs at you know midnight if we wanted to at 2 a.m and often after i made some friends there i would stay there for a long time and i'm not going to say we were super productive but it was like a beautiful time where you've got you know all these creative people around you and you're doing all these really amazing things and i think i i agree with him like that well maybe the outcomes 
I was maybe hoping for, or honestly, I probably didn't even really know what the outcomes would be, um, didn't always work out and maybe always weren't always the best, but the experience of being at university and the experience of being around other people who were interested in different types of artwork and the ability for me to, you know, as someone who's just interested in music to learn how to use Photoshop to a certain level, to learn how to take a photo, to learn how to do some animation, like having access to all of the, all of these things, it was like, it was an amazing world. And it, and it, that was like the place that showed me the possibility of what could be done, you know, as an artist um, and, and, you know, where, where the world was at in terms of art. Like I, I never dreamed that I would be able to do some of the things that I can do. And I'm still really just, you know, scratching the surface of, of my ideas and what I think is possible. And I mean, I'm, I've definitely got lofty goals, you know, like aiming to create feature films, aiming to, um, have exhibitions in, um, prominent gallery spaces. You know, that's not, that's not nothing. That's that's a lot of work and that's a lot of uh, intentional um, effort in, in certain directions that um, I think is really important. But that that really was fostered in the university environment. Um, and I, I'm so glad that I had that experience. And like I even went on an overseas study tour where um, we spent, I think, three or four weeks uh, we went to New York at first and went to all these amazing art galleries in different places. We went to um, a small town in Germany called Würzburg where we um, actually studied for a week or, or two, I think, at the uh, the university there. And that was like an amazing experience as well. And then we finished up in Paris and that that was really cool too. Like there was just all, all these different cultural experiences I got to have as well as being around these kinds of people and in this place. It was just such a such a magical thing um, that has sort of led me to where I am now. And, and while I will say that, you know, some part of me feels like uh, my foray into commercial filmmaking was a bit of a diversion that maybe, uh, I won't say that I've wasted the last five to six years, but like there are definitely parts of me that has really struggled because as I've spoken about in the past that I couldn't admit to myself that I, I, really wasn't loving it and I was just trying to make it work any way that I could and couldn't figure out why I was just struggling so much and why I just couldn't um, find the enthusiasm for these projects and I know now but that wasn't a waste you know it wasn't a waste that I went and spent all that time learning those things and learning from really good commercial filmmakers and learning how to work with budgets and learning how to uh you know, expand upon like sales techniques. Like these things are important too. I don't think they're the most important thing when it comes to your art. I think the expression is, but these things are a part of how you can actually be a working artist or, or at least an artist who is able to present their work to the world. And so I guess like with all that in mind, that's really, that's really where I'm at now. And um, all that is to say that all of those experiences have compounded to this point where I'm now realizing that like the reason I am an artist is because art is the way that I make sense of the world. Because that, um, that idea that like sometimes words fail you sometimes, um, you know, your ability to communicate is, uh, it's just not good enough to speak to the moment, to speak to whatever it is that you're feeling, whatever it is that you're going through. And, that's where I feel like art comes in and that's why I think it's so goddamn important. And you know, like I'm, I'm glad that I'm coming back to this and I'm glad that I'm recording these, these podcasts and thinking about these things every single day because it's, it doesn't feel like a sort of a step in the wrong direction or a begrudging thing that I have to do in the way that my commercial work did because with my commercial work, I was trying to repress my, um, I was trying to repress my like feelings of what it means to be an artist and, and that expression through this commercial, um, you know, for profit endeavor. And that just put me in so much misery because I was really just repressing my creative spirit, repressing who I am. That's not the case anymore because I, I've had the realizations, you know, I've had the, I've had the come to God moment, the clarity that has allowed me to realize like, oh my God, I don't have to make money from this. 
in order for it to be okay. I mean, sure, money is awesome and money allows you to do bigger and better things. And I hope I do um, make money from it. And I hope I can continue to build upon uh, my skills and my, um, uh, my, my output in ways where things like, you know, larger financing of my projects can lead to not bigger and better necessarily in terms of scale, but bigger and better in terms of like getting closer to the ideas that I have in my mind. Because quite often you have an idea that is, uh, it's just logistically not going to be possible with what you have at your disposal. And sometimes you can slim it down and make a, a version of that that is, um, you know, more able to be created with your current circumstances. But sometimes you just decide, okay, that's just got to stay where it is because, um, it's not even worth doing unless I do it right. And, and David Lynch has talked about that as well Is that he just, he won't do things unless he has final cut over his projects. He won't do things unless he knows that he can take it where it needs to go. Because in his mind, his greatest failures have been those times where people have basically stood in his way and not let him do it the way that it needs to be done because of some commercial reason or because some producer didn't like the way that he was doing it. And that, that can be really painful, I think, especially if you're a filmmaker, which is often such a collaborative process compared to some other forms of art. And, you know, having someone else who doesn't even have the creative skills involved to just sort of like hamper your ability to do these things. And I understand there are relationships and contracts in place and often it is the money that gets these things done. But, um, I don't know. I'm just a firm believer in, you know, the artist having the final cut and the right to do things. And if you're not going to be able to do that, then you you should just not do it. You should uh, find something else to work on. You should invest in another project. And I mean, it's sad, but, you know, that's just part of like, I guess, like getting closer to living a life where you, you know, you're, you're channeling your existential angst and your ennui not into uh, consumption, but or, or like consumption that is like a short-lived catharsis, but um, rather that you're channeling that angst and ennui or whatever you're feeling through the actual act of creation and like sublimation, as I've talked about, which is like the true feeling of expression. I think, I mean, pleasure will feel stronger and I, I've quoted Freud about that, that like pleasure is a stronger feeling, uh, but it does not last as long. But that, that sublimation through like actually creating something, through actually bringing something into the world, through through whatever means, digital, tangible, it, it doesn't matter. Um, and I'm reading a book uh, called The Birth of Tragedy by Friedrich Nietzsche. Um, which is my first experience with him. And he's, he's talking about all of these things. And, and like, I kind of agree where he goes with it is that like art is, is almost like the, uh, the singular, like greatest uh, pursuit that you can have, like some kind of expression in that way. But the other side of that is that not everyone is or will be an artist or has to be, you know, like you can just be a commercial filmmaker and, and not care about creativity. You can just be, part of a part of a machine that creates something but not necessarily like the creative part of that like movies have carpenters and electricians on on them i don't necessarily think those are you know quote unquote creative jobs but they're they are performing a role that is very important to executing the creative vision um so while you may not be an artist or you don't want to live sort of an artistic lifestyle art or some kind of craft where you you know you go beyond just being what freud called the ape on all fours and you actually use your hands to create something that um does not exist in the natural or biological world that is that is magical and that's what it means to be human like it's the most creating art is the most human of actions it's something that no other species has the capacity to do to create an abstraction of an idea into a frame of meaning, like a frame that means something through the visual or auditory senses, through time, through symbols, through motion, through illusion, through storytelling. Like that is an incredible and powerful thing. And to me, that is why art is so important is because it's something that only we can do, that only we can bring into this world. 
And I just think for me, it's like the highest pursuit, I guess. Like it's just something that consumes me in a way that I'm thinking about it every day, <laughs> that, I, that I can't stop talking about it, that I just want to have these deep philosophical conversations with people about art. And uh, it's funny as I, as I think about that, I think about how over the last few years, I tried to have these kind of conversations with people about politics. But as I was having them, I would often feel like really kind of gross inside. Like I was kind of like, I didn't know what I was talking about. I didn't understand it. And I was just kind of parroting things that I heard other people say. The difference now is that I'm thinking about these things all the time and I'm writing about them. And I'm, yes, I am basing ideas off other people's ideas because that's that's how the world works. That's how history works. We, we go back and look at the ideas of people and they sort of shape the society as it was. And then we build upon those or we throw them away or we, you know, we reject them. Whatever we do with them, we, we synthesize from them. We create an, an antithesis of their thesis. And then from that, we have a synthesis that we move towards as a, as a society, whether it's little things in life, whether it's your parents lived one way. So, you know, you, you didn't quite agree with that. So you decide to live your life a different way. And then your child is able to synthesize from both of them and take the things that they really like. Like that's what, um, the philosopher Hegel talks about. It's like his idea of dialectics is that like the, the action and the reaction create like it, uh, you know, a, 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 a third way forward, a, a positive synthesis. And I think you know, I'm talking about some kind of complicated ideas here that even myself, I, I haven't fully grappled with. But I think like that as well as like the importance of art is that art is a art is like a society looking back at itself through the tools and, and means and understandings that that society has created. And then in creating that artwork through people uh, viewing it and, and experiencing it you are creating a new way of looking at society. You are creating a new method of thought. And that's what's like so exciting to me. That's what, I mean, you, you can you can hope for that. I, I don't know if you can ever really hope that your artwork will have some kind of life-changing impact. I mean, how many artists sort of die in, uh, <laughs> die in obscurity and no one ever finds them and no one ever knows their work? How many artists have we lost to time? You know, for all the... For all the philosophers, thinkers, writers, musicians, um, painters, uh, filmmakers that we know, how many don't we know? And how many actually are worth engaging with? And like for everyone, it's going to be a different answer to that question, um, those questions. But I don't think that's not a reason. I don't think that's a reason not to do it, you know? Like I, I don't think that's a reason to to not do it because I guess you don't do it for the external reason, or at least I don't, you know, I'm just speaking about myself here. Like I don't do it for the external reason because I've realized that all you really have is the process. And once it's out into the world, you don't really, it's not really yours anymore. I, I don't think, I don't think that, you know, you can't control how people will react to it. You can't control um, those things, but you can be very intentional in the way that you create and, and the way that you present things. So, you know, whether you're, whether you're hosting your art in a gallery, whether it's a live performance, whether it's on the street, whether it's in a cinema, whether it's on social media, like all of those things will uh, influence in some way the way that people interact with it. Um, I remember like a funny way to think about it, but I saw this article about a, a cleaner who threw away an artwork because the artwork was in the form of trash which is a very contemporary thing. Um, uh, it's a it's a bit of a far cry from uh, Marcel Duchamp's uh, fountain, like his idea of ready-made objects, like a urinal as an artwork. Um, I can see where they're sort of going with that, but I mean, maybe that's a failure of your artwork to communicate right there if the, uh, the cleaner is throwing it out. <laughs> but like you know, I might not necessarily think that that is the greatest form for art to take, but I mean, somebody did and it's, it's a unique thing, you know, if, if they're sincere about it, if they actually feel like it evokes some kind of sincere feeling and it was worth displaying in a gallery space, then like, Hey, that's, that's for them to do. And it's for, 
ask the audience in that case to um, respond to it or not respond to it. You know, that that's the relationship is like that, that control is lost once you put it out into the world. And sometimes someone thinks that your artwork is literal trash because that's what it looks like. It's uh, a bunch of trash in a bag and uh, maybe it's worth $17,000, but I mean, it's destroyed now. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's the importance of art and the uniqueness of it. And I'm I'm hoping that with this episode, maybe you'll sit down after this and look inside yourself and, and you'll realize whether or not that you're an artist or, or maybe you're not. And, um, that kind of pursuit or lifestyle is maybe not for you, but you will still recognize that art or some mode of expression through a craft is important to you and, um, that you will pursue that in some way and you will, you will only you will know the form of what that looks like you know like i began with music and then recording music and then that kind of evolved into um you know experimenting with photography and design and now cinema and it doesn't really matter like what it is it doesn't you don't have to sort of overthink that you know you don't have to think that well this is the way that it has been done or this is the way that um, is popular or, or whatever the whatever the thing is that that means that that's the way that you should do it like all that knowledge and experience is still there within you and it still shapes you and allows your art to go to different places like it's crazy the last few days how I've been here and I haven't been to really like I haven't really stayed at this place like my family's house since 2012 and um, these like memories are sort of flooding back that I didn't remember because of this place. The, these feelings, these different feelings, like uh, going to different locations and uh, going to even like the shopping center here and just having sort of feelings flooding back. It's uh, it's pretty special. And those things are all there if you, if you let yourself channel them, if you let yourself get them out. So yeah, to, to summarize really, like that's that's why I, that's why I do this. And that's why I imagine other people do it as well, but everyone will have a different answer. But if you've been kind of struggling with this or you're sort of not sure where you fall, whether you feel like you're an artist, but you don't create art like I was, or whether you feel like you're not an artist and you actually do feel like you want to have some creative expression, but you're not really sure what the form would take. I mean, my only advice to you would be try something. It doesn't really matter what it is. I, I'm going to start, um, I'm actually going to take up painting classes in the next few months. Um, I spoke about in the first episode, I think that I'm going to be moving in the near future and that by the time you actually hear these episodes that I probably will have moved already. Um, at the time of recording this, that hasn't happened yet, but um, it's going to be happening soon. And where I'm moving to is like quite a vibrant art, has quite a vibrant art community. And there is not only spaces that I'll be looking to work in and like beautiful natural um, locations and, and, and places for me to go and like exist and hang out and, you know, feel inspired. But there's also um, some really great artistic talent who share what they know. And I want to, I want to get back to basics in a way that I never have, like, when I say basics, I don't mean basics for me. I mean basics for actual um, art. Like I've never really learned how to do any work with physical media. Like I have worked with a few things. I have created my, a few um, installation pieces like Pollinate, um, which you can see on my website as well as uh, Clouds and Reunion. They're, they're sort of a, a, a sister, um, a couple of sister projects. So I have worked with physical media, but, um, sort of in the sort of mediated by like sort of packaging design and uh, set design and things like that. But I've never worked with paint, you know, I've never worked with like sculpture or clay or pottery or anything like that. And I'm really interested in getting hands on with my artistic process and just learning some different things and some different ways and going back to like you know, like I said, going back to basics, because painting really informed what cinema is, what photography is, because photography and cinema are really just evolutions of painting, of capturing a scene, you know, and, and, and looking at how light works. And obviously, as time went on, things went from just recreating what you see in front of you to 
um, working with abstractions, whether it's impressionism, whether it's cubism, um, expressionism, whatever it may be. And, and then that changes in different ways. And sometimes it's, you know, the medium that is kind of shaping these things like early cinema was silent because they didn't know how to, like they didn't have the technology yet to synchronize sound to the film. But then over time, as they figured out how to do that, cinema changed and then um, it evolved by introducing sound and introducing dialogue. And, you know, things will change over time. But for me, I'm really interested in just getting back to like learning about where this all started, where, what the genesis of this idea of like creating images is so that I can figure out. Because for me, I think the still image is incredibly more challenging than creating a moving image because the still image, you have to really do a really good job. You have to get it right. You have one single frame, you know, or maybe a series of static frames if you're creating a, a series or a triptych or something like that, but you have to get it right in that frame. But in cinema, you can kind of hide your, um, shall we say, lack of experience or lack of knowing what to do through the illusion of motion you can go, okay, this isn't a very interesting scene or I don't really know how to make this dramatic, so I'm just going to move the camera. And and part of that is the language of cinema. It's not a bad thing. Like, you know, camera movement has its place and it, it conveys something. It tells a story. Um, you know, same thing with, like, with music and lighting. Like, all these things, they have their place in telling the story. But as I found out through creating commercials on low budgets is often you're using these things to hide the fact that, what you are filming is not actually something worthy of the effort that is going into it. Like, sure, if someone's paying me to make a commercial, then yes, that is worth my time. It is worth doing a good job for them. But um, it's not as important a story to tell, I think, is really what I'm getting at there. So, yeah, um, just to sort of wrap up here, I hope you get something from that conversation. I... Uh, I would love to hear from you if you have any questions or want to chat about these things further or you're kind of, I don't know, looking for some some ideas or some advice, like looking in the right direction. Like as I always say, I'm not the expert. I'm just figuring these things out. But, um, you know, I'm happy to share anything that I, I have to say and anything that I've been working through and thinking about because, I mean, I think about these things a lot. And uh, that's why I guess I do this project is to, get them out of my mind, but also to hopefully, you know, have some kind of usefulness for other people to help sort of uh, expand this conversation of what it, what it really means to be an artist working in the 21st century, whether you're a, uh, in you know, in the contemporary world, whether you're doing it professionally for a career, whether you're doing it for some kind of hobby or just, just pure expression, there is no um, other outcome besides that. And, uh, yeah, you can always um, get in contact with me at my website. Uh, if you know me personally, you can always just reach out. Um, I'm not on social media, so don't look for me there. Although you may be seeing this stuff on um, Instagram and YouTube, which is just where I, you know, post stuff to try and expand the audience. Um, but it, it's not the best place to contact me. Definitely not. Usually my website is. I've got a contact form on there. And, uh, yeah, just, I'll sign off now, but I just wanted to share with you again that it's like really nice being in this nice place. And, uh, I'm also in a good place mentally and it's, this project has been amazing because it's, for me, it's like charting the progress of not only where I'm at with my like creative career, but it's, um, it's charting my, 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 my well-being, you know, my mental health, my, um, my experience as a human being in this world. And it's, if, if anything, if it's something for me to look back on when I'm older or, you know, heaven forbid I have uh, children or something like that, um, I think that'd be really cool. So yeah. And, and, and also, you know, like being in this better mental, mental space and thinking about all these things and kind of approaching, uh, this, this podcast is almost like, art therapy <laughs> you know for myself and maybe for you out there listening um it's been really conducive to my art creation and it's been amazing to be in like also this you know this physical place being able to go to like an amazing gallery being in this 
beautiful location. Um, but yeah, very importantly is just my, my mental, my mental and emotional state. Um, being in a better place is just way better for creating art. Like David Lynch said, chicks dig melancholy, but you don't have to suffer. He's from what I can tell, one of the happiest people, um, he meditates twice a day using his transcendental meditation method. Well, it's not his, but he, um, he swears by it. And, uh, his work, I think speaks to that, that he is very centered, that he is really able to draw upon the full extent of human emotion because he is not, because he is not enthralled to his emotions. He is not, um, you know, suffering, uh, He's not, uh, he's not just living in complete darkness all the time. And I, and, and I was there, like I was honestly, like I was in that place and it's no good. I was there for so long. And I guess like if I could, if I'm honest, I think this is probably like the happiest I've been in my life. And it's not like a crazy joy. Like it's, it's probably what Freud talked about. It's like, you know, it's pleasure versus some um, sublimation. Like I'm in a, better state of mind all the time and it's not super intense but it's just like you just notice these things that you're doing that before were so challenging and so difficult whether it's stuff in everyday life you know like I won't even go into it or or it's it's creating your artwork or it's re- recording these podcasts it's it's writing in my journal whatever it is like I, I can see now that I'm just like I've never been in such a good position it's very exciting um and I'm very excited to share these thoughts and feelings with you all. And um, hopefully by now you will have seen some of the work that I've been working on. Um, and yeah, very excited to continue sharing it with you as well. So I'll leave it there for today. And I hope you all have a really lovely, really lovely day, evening, uh, week, weekend, wherever you're at when you're listening to this. And I'll chat to you again very soon. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Mirror. The Mirror seeks to provoke questions around the way we create and experience art, and it's my sincere hope that in some way it helps you in your own creative practice, and perhaps your life beyond. If this project reaches you in some way, helps you reflect or reframe, or indeed provokes any kind of feelings within you, I'd love to hear from you about it via the contact form on my website. I really appreciate your engagement with The Mirror, You can support me and the work that I do by becoming a sustaining member for as little as $40 a year by signing up at justinreed.com.au slash support. You will help me continue to create exceptional work, feel great about directly funding compelling art, and you'll also receive a bunch of great benefits, including access to exclusive films, artworks, and behind-the-scenes material on my membership platform that you can't experience anywhere else discounts on my online store and higher tier subscribers even get free access to all of my premium films before anyone else so become a sustaining member and sign up at justinreed.com.au support you can also support the show by subscribing to my youtube channel and listening to full episodes of the mirror there complete with meditative original visuals created just for this project our fantastic music is written produced and performed by Annalisa Vetrunio, with drums contributed by Giacomo Greco. All of these details and links are included in the episode description. And until next time, I hope you're out there creating great work on your terms. I'm Justin Reed, and you have been listening to The Mirror.